VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. KFI AM640, you're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeart Radio app. We're on the radio from 1 until 4, and then after 4 o'clock, you can hear the show as a podcast. John and Ken on demand, same show on the iHeart app. Welcome. Yeah, well, uh, obviously one of the big stories is one that occurred here in Southern California. There was a rally on Sunday in Thousand Oaks. Uh, Pro-Israel group was protesting this free Palestine rally. There was some sort of altercation between a 69-year-old Jewish man by the name of Paul Kessler and a 50-year-old unidentified man, and Kessler went down. And uh, he died yesterday morning from his injuries. He clearly hit his head. We are learning more on the story from a news conference held today in Ventura County about uh, the whole story. So let's bring on KFI News' Chris Adler for the latest details. Uh, Chris, what's going on? Hey, guys. So we had a press conference earlier about 10 o'clock at the Ventura County Sheriff's Department. That's where the sheriff said that the suspect had been identified. And in fact, the suspect had stayed, remained at the scene, cooperated with the investigators and told and told police that he had, was one of the callers who actually called in the emergency. He called 911 when Kessler went down. He admitted that he had been in a confrontation with Kessler. Uh, the medical examiner says that Kessler, Kessler died from blunt force trauma from an injury that he had on the back of his head. So when he went down and he hit the ground, that injury is what caused his death. He did have other injuries on the left side of his face, but those were not fatal injuries. The sheriff said that those were not lethal. Sorry, we've got an ambulance going by right now, guys. Um, so, that's okay. We can hear you fine, believe it or not. Oh, I know. Oh, it's distracting great. you, then you can take a moment, but we can hear you fine. 
<laughs> Where's those pauses when I'm on with you guys other times? <laughs> anyway, so we're here now at Westlake and Thousand Oaks Boulevard on the corner where Kessler died. There is another press conference that we're waiting to start here at 1 o'clock. I think we're just getting past 1 o'clock, but they're, they're about to start. Now, this is uh, leaders in the Jewish community. This is rabbis, and this is a witness here today that's going to speak about what actually happened. One woman uh, said earlier that she witnessed the attack, that the 50-year-old uh, suspect had hit Kessler over the head with a megaphone, and then Kessler went down. They were both on level ground, but Kessler went down and hit his head. So she's saying that there was, in fact, a megaphone involved. And I just want to note, guys, that I asked the sheriff today if a megaphone had been located during a search warrant when they they served a search warrant at the suspect's home in Moore Park, and he said he could not comment on that, you guys. So was he uh, gesturing in anger with the megaphone, and he happened to hit this guy in the face or in the head? Or was this uh, an intentional attack that he that he got so angry he just lifted the thing up and clobbered him? Well, that that's the question. And there are conflicting reports, and that's the issue. That was the basis of the conference today. The sheriff says that there's conflicting reports coming from both sides. But one woman who says she was there says she the guy came over. Um, the Palestinian protesters crossed the street intentionally, instigated, started the argument with um, the pro-Israeli uh, protesters, and hit the guy, hit Kessler over the head with the megaphone. So she says it was intentional. We do not know the specifics. We're trying to learn. We're trying to figure that out. The, uh, the uh, sheriff's department says that that's where the investigation lies, is there's conflicting reports, but it is still being investigated as a homicide. No uh, sign of any video of the moment? No, they don't. If there is video, the sheriff would not comment, or he just said that the investigation is ongoing. He's not going to compromise the investigation by releasing certain details. But, um, you know, like I, I asked him again, was there a megaphone involved? He said he could not comment. He could not comment on the outcome of the search warrant. So there are details that he was not able to divulge. Uh, so we don't know if there's video of of this, of this happening. If there is, he has not released it and has not he hasn't said anything about it. So the 50 year old is not under arrest. He's free, and they're still going to investigate this and decide something. Yeah, he was detained. He was detained. He was questioned, and then he was released. He was not. He has not been re- arrested. So we want to make sure that that is clear. He is. He is not arrested. But the sheriff did say that he is a suspect in the case. It is being investigated. Um, and so, you know, that's where the investigation stands right now, you guys. Um, you know, there is footage. There's mm-hmm. video footage of Kessler lying on the ground. I posted it to my Instagram where he, he's lying on the ground. Um, unfortunately, he had, when he lifts his head up, you can see a small pool of blood under his head. Now, it appears that that's the injury the medical examiner says was the fatal injury. Uh, and here, a Jewish woman has actually colored a Star of David around the blood spot it still here and she's covered it around with candles kind of a way of keeping it uh sacred she says and and she's calling for love and peace at this time and who's arranging this press conference that's supposed to happen very soon the one that the witness is going to speak at uh these are local leaders local leaders in the jewish uh in the jewish community at local temples and a friend who was at the protest a friend and a witness to what happened. So the police aren't involved in this press conference at all? No, there are no police here right now. And this was, for the most part, a pro-Palestinian rally that I guess the Jewish people showed up on the other side of the street. Is that what you're saying? 
That's no, that's not quite right. We and that's still a little fuzzy. But what the sheriff said is that this was a a dual protest where Palestinians were on one side and pro Palestinians were on one side and pro Israelis were on another side. From witness accounts, witnesses are saying that the Palestinian protesters walked over, but we can't confirm that, and that has not been confirmed by the sheriff's department either. Um, but they're saying that the pro-Israeli protesters walked over, and uh, I'm sorry, the Palestinian protesters walked over and kind of instigated. But this was a dual protest, um, you know, going on simultaneously, and this was Sunday just after three o'clock. Yeah, I'm just saying that couldn't be a coincidence. They picked the same block on opposite sides. Somebody probably called for a protest first, and then somebody saw the posting and said, let's go there and, you know, be on the other side of the street. That's my guess. I don't think it happened. Yeah, and, and what's, what's interesting, you guys, I mean, these, you know, initially when we, when we first learned of this, we had seen a photo surface of somebody in a, in a hood and a mask, and it looked like he, had, he was younger. But the person, the suspect, is actually in his fifties. So these are these are older people getting into a confrontation out here. And um, I spoke with a a, a a gentleman from the Muslim community. He's a he's he's a leader at one of the mosques in Thousand Oaks, and he said, you know, he showed up at the press conference and he said, you know, the Muslims don't don't approve of this. You know, he doesn't want to be, um, you know, kind of colored with the same pencil or, or crayon as, as other, you know, uh, terrorist groups. And he says that he wants peace. And he was devastated to hear about what happened to Kessler. So he showed up in solidarity at the conference because he wanted people to know that Muslims don't stand for this kind of violence. And you should be able to wave a Palestinian flag or an Israeli flag next to each other without it resulting in physical violence. Okay, Chris, thank you for that report. We appreciate it. Absolutely, guys. You know, it's, uh, Chris Adler. Yep. 7,573 miles between Thousand Oaks and Gaza City. Oh. I just do not understand why people go out and scream in the streets over something that's 7,500 miles away and that they will have zero impact on. It's just, well, good luck with that because it's happening all over the U.S. right now. I know, now. but it's just... it's just <laughs> There's a, rallies on both sides everywhere from I know, every but article. It's, it's stupid human behavior. It's stupid behavior. We're, we're stupid beasts. We do dumb things, and we do it for our own egos because we want to feel like we're, we've got a say in the world, right? We can control yes. events. They think but they you, can influence U.S. Right. actions. And, that's, right? and that's, that's insane. That's nuts. There's, there's nothing anybody is going to do by yelling in the streets that is going to stop Israel from doing what it has to do to eradicate Hamas. Yeah. So I don't, I don't I don't understand running around 7,500 miles away in California with a bullhorn yelling nonsense is just we're, we're just an idiotic species. We really are. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the man who died and what we know of him from his uh, activities in terms of getting involved in the Israeli-Palestinian issue. Uh, that and more coming up. Oh, your chance to win money is next. KFI AM 640 live everywhere. iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. All right. Well, we know the name of the man who died after attending a protest on both sides in Thousand Oaks. His name is Paul Kessler. He was part of the pro-Israeli group protesting at a free Palestine rally. And uh, apparently he fell backwards and hit his head, probably on the sidewalk concrete pavement. Now, the real question is, and of course, the blaring headline everywhere over the weekend or yesterday as this story uh, was being announced was hate crime, hate crime, hate crime. Uh, well, you know, if it's it's a homicide, it's a murder. I, 
would really like to know exactly the circumstances of it. So uh, as we just talked to Chris Adler from KFI News, there are some conflicting reports that the sheriff's investigators are getting up there in Ventura County about what happened between Kessler, who I think is 69, and a 59-year-old opposing uh, protester, obviously a pro-Palestinian protester, who came from the other side of the street to get in the face, I guess, of Kessler. Of course it's conflicting because you're not going to get necessarily the truth from people in opposing tribes here. Yes, they're probably going to see it their way. Right. Well, they're going to see it the way that they they want to... uh, spin it to the public like a lot of people just flat out lie they want to protect their own guy they know they're lying it's not that they misinterpret what happened it was probably pretty clear if you were standing there it's that they don't want to admit to it they don't want to damage their cause right so if you're if for example if you're a, a rabid palestinian supporter and you must be if you're out on the street in the middle of the day on a sunday then uh if uh, your guy takes a me- megaphone and kills uh, a Jewish protester. Well, you're gonna you're gonna try to soften that story and make it sound like it was not intentional, right? Well, I mean, the Times and you know, I don't always believe the Times that they described it as the Palestinian rally. I don't know how many Israel supporters showed up, but I have a feeling they went there to counter. Oh, but yeah. yeah, this guy came across the street to confront Kessler, which he should not have done. He did stay at the scene. He apparently called nine one one after Kessler went down. Right. So you mix all these things together and it's well, still an uncertain situation. But I mean, the story that blared too yesterday was, you know, hit with a megaphone and he may have been hit with a megaphone, but probably they were saying what killed him was the yeah. uh, injury to I his think, head when he hit the pavement. I think he got hit in the face with the megaphone. Yeah, and they then, said it was injuries then, to his then, face. Then right. he dropped and banged his head on the cement. And that happens all the time where people hit their head on concrete and uh that's it they're they're dead but they most most organizations post their rallies online because they want to uh attract people the and attract the media right, right right and so obviously the opposition is going to be tracking this you know you just have to type in a hashtag and figure out and, and yeah, you're going to go there because you know counteracting the message in thousand oaks is really going to make a difference i wouldn't did. want them to win that block in thousand oaks now would you um, I, yeah. I mean, these rallies are going to be everywhere. I know you realize they're kind of useless well, to people well, stand on the well, streets. Should show me one that's been effective. All the rallies regarding this Palestinian uh, war. Uh, with the Johnny Kent tax revolt from 2000. No, no, and, this one here. No, actually, you know what mattered was, was, was the voting. The voting is what matters. But, but standing 7,500 miles away, there's no election going on here. It's that Benjamin Netanyahu doesn't care about anybody yelling in the streets of Thousand Oaks. Right. Uh, I mean, it's a, this is just narcissism, malignant narcissism. That is, and just animalistic behavior, really, because it's like when one monkey starts jumping up and down, then all the other monkeys in the cage are going to start jumping up and down. And that's basically what humans are. We're a slightly more evolved form of monkey. So when one monkey starts going, ooh, 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 and the other monkeys are going, ooh, 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 that's, that's humanity. Goes the for, monkey analogy. I love it. Well, because that's what we are. A, ro- a local rabbi said that uh, he did know Kessler and his wife, but they hadn't been to the synagogue in a while. But he said that he exchanged a few emails with them over the years and called him a man committed to peace and committed to Israel. But Kessler was a frequent writer of letters to the editor of the Thousand Oaks Acorn. Do you get that publication, John, in your home? Or, uh, <laughs> according to a former editor at the newspaper, Kyle Jury, 
uh, that he had talked with Kessler frequently on the phone about his submissions, many of which were published. So uh, I don't know what they were all about. Israel or just about issues. Uh, apparently, you know. Kessler was an ardent Democrat described here. But uh, apparently, when it comes to the Palestinian issue, probably a little more hard line than you would expect. Oh, yeah, those guys. I've, we've got a couple of those guys in, in my neighborhood. Yeah, They always got some flag out. Yeah, they no. always got some candidates sign out. They're always like, never. They're always like daring uh, a crazy person to come and and uh, uh, vandalize their property. Sometimes people will focus on a very important issue to them in their life, and they become very active, including John mm. standing on a street corner on a Sunday mm -hmm. afternoon. I remember a friend of mine I've known a long time told me one time, "Oh yeah, my parents write letters to the New York Times all the time about abortion." They were fervent Catholics and mm. uh, you know, pro-life, whatever right. you want to call it. So, Been very just, effective, I, huh? I looked at them like, I've never really run into anyone that's done that before. Many letters? Many letters. Oh, I agree. Did, I did re we get published? I don't remember the answer. I used to read uh, letters to the editor because uh, uh, they amused me. And uh, after a while, I noticed it's all the same people over and over again. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, it is. You know, the only ones I read now are in the Times and the sports section, like about the Dodgers or the Rams, just because I like... And the people, see, oh, the short opinions of sports fans, the well, fanatics, the, the people online who leave comments. It's the same thing. It's a, in fact, for the LA times and they don't allow comments very much anymore, but I noticed just reading it day to day. It was the same people over and over and over. Oh, again. and you know, they don't allow comments because now there are professional trolls who just want to get on there and instigate yeah. and think it's funny that they uh, post something really, really nasty. They do. Just and then get they, a reaction and, from you. Right. And then they get to... Uh, and at the time, some of the comments are ripping the paper. So that's... Probably, that, that's that, the whole thing is a complete waste of time. Everything about it is phony or, it, or it's just stupid. Just a waste of energy. You know, obviously, uh, all those letters that your friend's parents wrote uh, did not change the New York Times' opinion on abortion, nor did it change any abortion laws in New York. Uh, no, it did not. Uh, no. Both. So... Although uh, many years later, a Supreme Court decision was a little bit uh, of an earth mover last year. I don't so. think it came from the letters. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know whether or not the New York Times took too pro-abortion a position for them. I didn't really ask all those questions. Probably. All right. Uh, we'll be right back. Uh, oh, we got a great story. It's a big investigation uh, at calmatters.org into the big scam during the pandemic. The ripoff of California's unemployment fund. They took a lot a look at a lot of internal documents. You know, we still have this Julie Sue hanging out there. Remember her? She used to head up the Labor Department in California, now heads up the Labor Department in Washington, D.C., but can't be confirmed. The Republicans are standing firm and not confirming her in the U.S. Senate to be the actual Secretary of Labor. And she's involved, of course, in this story from back in 2020 and how so much money went out the door to people like prisoners. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. We're on the radio from 1 until 4, and then after 4 o'clock, it's the John and Ken on demand podcast, same as the radio show, and you can listen to what you missed. All right, then you can connect to the voice line by using that app, the microphone icon, or calling the toll free number. Leave us a message. The voice line calls coming up on Friday, 1 877 Moist 86. Well, we return to a story we've talked about a lot over the last three years, and that was the complete ripoff of California's unemployment money. Ed is the name of the agency, it's called the Employment Development department uh most people for years would just say oh yeah the unemployment department but uh, that's kind of got a negative slant <laughs> we want to act like we're helping people so it's employment development they I don't, don't develop means. any it doesn't mean I anything know, just hand out money I, I, they didn't like the word unemployment they you're, did you're not right. you were right about the language uh, so much has happened over the last 10 or 15 years to change words and i saw one the other day which i hadn't seen in a while you know sometimes they say formally incarcerated those are people who are felons. 
But the new one, not new one, but the one I saw they hadn't seen in a while was uh, Experience with the Justice System. <laughs> that one is really hysterical. <laughs> yes, I saw that. What, were they worked in the jails? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> no, it's another felon. Experience with the Justice System. Again, no stigma. You, If you see that, stop reading that publication i know stop I, going I to think it was a press site. release i was looking at I oh i've seen it in news stories out. i've seen oh. it in news stories and it's like okay i'm not going to your site anymore and i'm not believing anything you have there that's so nonsense this story centers on of course the governor back in 2020 gavin newsom uh, julie sue who's the head of the uh, labor department for the state of california and a woman by the name of sharon hilliard who was the edd director at the time uh, she retired at the end of 2020. She's long gone. So they focused, it's a very long article at calmatters.org, which is worth the read. But I, we can only have time to hone in on a few things. On March 18th, 2020, the day before Newsom shut down the state, the then Labor Secretary, uh, his then Labor Secretary, Sue, wrote an email to the Sharon Hilliard woman and her deputies. She wanted to know if, if the unemployment system was ready for whatever came next. Do we need to do anything to shore it up at this point to prevent problems, delays, or worse, a system crash? I need you to work together to make sure we are okay. Well, the answer at first from the uh, EDD, their IT director was, systems performing fantastic, he wrote the next day. <laughs> Big lie. 24 hours later, the scale of this began to sink in, and Sue and Hilliard exchanged messages about the pros and cons of expediting unemployment approvals by, hmm, waiving some eligibility requirements. Sue wanted to know if we kept those requirements in place, what would that mean for processing times? She wrote, actually, what would the backlog situation be? Uh, Hilliard, the brilliant woman, answered, oh, it would be months, if not well into next year. It makes me shiver just thinking about it. Well, further on in this article, the experts said, no, it probably would have been weeks, not months or years, if they'd kept some of the basic eligibility requirements, like checking whether or not somebody's Social Security number matches a prisoner. On death row. On death row, Scott Peterson? No. Yeah. You know, if, if you saw a guy named Scott Peterson and his address is San Quentin and a cell number on death row, I don't think that's going to take weeks to figure out. No. In fact, the person I'm talking about is Michael Horowitz, who's Inspector General of the U.S. Department of Justice and Chair of the Federal Pandemic Response Accountability Committee. He said they set up a false choice. It would not have been months. It could have been a week matching data. And that was the that's, crux of the problem. Well, that's just not, you see, that's what I always harp about intelligence. That's what an intelligent, how an intelligent person would analyze the situation. But a dumb, lazy person who doesn't want to do the work or is afraid of the criticism they'll get because of the, of the, of the slow pace. Oh, I don't know. That sounds like too much trouble. That'll take a long time. Well, I don't really want to deal with it. I need a nap now. I mean, it, it, it's intelligence. It's a mindset. It, it's 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 an, an analytical ability, which is a function of your intelligence. I realize that technology is probably pretty antiquated at DDD, but how tough would it be to check application social security numbers with like a prisoner list of social security numbers? And we also learned at the time, remember, Newsom didn't want that. He thought that was a privacy invasion. That was yeah, the well, issue. there you go. The chief genius there, right? Chief yeah. genius. Yeah, it's a privacy violation of a serial killer if the government checks his social security number like that's the problem is that government employees would know the social security number of a serial killer 
So it says here, as claims flooded in, about 60% of them, including many later suspected to be fraudulent, sailed through the automated application process. The application for the Emergency Federal Program for Self-Employed Workers was particularly fast. Remember that? They added that mm-hmm. because they were rate of people that didn't write. And easy to gain. Uh, they found, uh, for example, an applicant under the name of Poopy Britches. Got through. Poopy Britches. Nice. The other 40% were flagged for manual review, the task force found, but they decided it was too long to fit into the database. So a lot of those got waived, too. There, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned, but I'm reading a book about the whole cryptocurrency scam over the last few years. And within the story that's told, which is an unbelievably, unbelievably fascinating story, there is, in passing... Uh, some information about how the dark web works and how many criminals are on the dark web. And you have just, I don't know, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of guys. It's almost all guys. And they're buying and selling opioids and children and women and and guns, uh, uh, drugs, cryptocurrency. And everybody's paying in cryptocurrency, right? Because it's right. difficult to track. And the, the the spread of this network is incredible. And the speed in which everyone's able to uh, jump on board the fraud, like the frauds constantly change. In 2020, the big fraud was looting the U.S. government and all the states of this unemployment money. That was the, the, the fraud of the year for this crowd. They're very quick to do it on the Internet. And they spread the word, here's how you do it. And here's how you fill out the form, how you get away with it. And you, then you have the likes of this Susan Hilliard and Julie Sue. It's like, ooh. You know? Sharon Hilliard. Sharon Hilliard. Now, the Susan Hilliard wasn't any better. But the, the, but the thing is, they're, they're so far out of the, their league because these, these Internet criminals are, are like sick, twisted geniuses. And bureaucrats are vegetables. The vegetables are not going to beat the geniuses. It's impossible. Uh, Bank of America collected more than $492 million in EDD debit card fees just from March 2020 to December of 22. But they're claiming that over a 10-year period, they lost money on California's EDD program, that their expenses were $927 million compared to $687 million in revenue. Well, the original sin is that they they have never upgraded their... uh, infrastructure their technology infrastructure to 2020 levels right Right. this is all still running on 1980s technology and so you get an unusual event where it seems half the world is accessing the system to get money and a lot of people need the money right away and and then nobody 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 knows what to do and they have a system that's that's inoperable basically and they have people who are so slow-witted that the genius guys on the internet just bowl them over. It's it's like the Chicago Bears bowling over a, a, a kindergarten team. That's that's the reality of it. All right, uh, we'll be right back. John and Ken, KFI AM six forty live everywhere. iHeart Radio app. You're listening to John and Ken on demand from KFI AM six forty. couple of other nuggets in this Cal Matters story on the EDD fraud that overwhelmed the state back in the year 2020 during the pandemic. Estimates still can hang anywhere from 20 to 30 billion dollars got ripped off. They talked to a longtime employee 
30-year EDD veteran. Well, he retired in 2018. But uh, he said uh, for a while there, they started seeing uh, IP addresses come in, not just ineligible prison inmates, but IP addresses for people that were in Israel, Uruguay, and mm -hmm. Pakistan mm -hmm. were coming in there. It was all over the world. It was all over the world. Because, and because that's they, what they say, like you just said before, once somebody identifies an easy fraud target, everybody jumps in. They get the word. Just like the borders open. I, I because Biden's president. In reading this book about cryptocurrency, there uh, is a, uh, there's a site on the dark web called, they've closed it down, but these things reopen all the time, Alpha Bay. And it was a, a spinoff. It was a, a different version of eBay, right? Not connected to eBay. Alpha Bay is where you could buy opioids and and uh, women and guns and all you know child porno videos, whatever. And there were four at the time that this author went online. There were four hundred thousand listings of things that would be illegal to buy in the real world. 400,000. I mean, isn't it incredible how many bad people there are? And they all coalesce on the internet and they pay each other in cryptocurrency. And it's a huge economy. And of course they found out that nobody was enforcing these, these unemployment benefit laws. Well, I mean, here's a gem of a story. In June of 2015, all right, this is eight years ago, the then EDD director, Henning Jr., I don't have his first name here. I gathered with people, uh, top uh, top employment officials at a hotel in San Diego to talk about a new tech breakthrough, fraud detection as a service. Uh, they had a software purchase, uh, $1.75 million federal grant that they were going to use to catch the fraudsters. And in a test study, they had flagged $118 million in potential high-value unemployment fraud cases. That's not a big chunk of the money paid out, but one of the investigators said that would probably be the tip of the iceberg. Well, the next year, EDD suddenly pulled the plug on the whole fraud software package, and it disappeared. So another opportunity was lost. They're, oh, it's Patrick Henning Jr. They're not interested. It doesn't hurt their careers to be involved in a, a bad fraud like this. Julie Sue is now the labor secretary. She didn't suffer any, any penalty. And now this fraud story is three years old. Nobody cares. Nobody brings it up in the media. Cal Matters wrote about it, but how many people uh, read Cal Matters? It is one of the biggest taxpayer ripoffs in the history of the country. Right. But nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's faded away. Julie Sue is the labor secretary. She, you know, I, she should be going to jail for this, right? I mean, there should be government incompetence to the point where you, you go to prison when you, when you cost taxpayers tens of billions of dollars. But no, there's, 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 there's none of that. Because nobody cares. The other thing that happened was Bank of America did not put chips in the debit cards, which if you know now, most credit, credit card companies do insist on having those security chips in there. Without those chips, they're easy for, for scammers right. to, uh, to, to be able to, to copy your card. Because it wasn't Bank of America. information. It wasn't Bank of America's money. They weren't on the, weren't on the hook to reimburse. If the cards got stolen. Oh, no, it says here in the story, they got turned down. They, they were told by EDD, no, we're not going to do that. Maybe because it costs more. I don't know why. Well, but they didn't do Bank that. of America should have walked away. But ultimately, like, like on Bank of America debit cards, 
any credit cards they're associated with, it all has chips. Because if you have a Bank of America account and it gets looted through fraud, um, you know, they're on the hook after the first $50. Right. So, of course, they're going to put a chip on their debit cards. But they're not on the hook for the... They could, they could suggest and ask, but ultimately the government said no, and Bank of America went along with the program anyway, because, again, yeah, I, not their money. It's I remember money. years ago I had a credit card, and this is before they did the chip embedding, and uh, I went to, I went, I'm pretty sure it was a gas station, and I must have gotten... Uh, I must have attached some device to be able to grab the information off my card, and I got ripped off. They went to Vegas and went on a spending spree that year. They were buying uh, all sorts of Apple computers and stuff. And I got oh, yeah. word of that. I was like, what the hell? They go to right for electronics. Whenever we've gotten frauded, first thing that shows up is Best Buy. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's I think that's, it was, well, it was an Apple store. Mine was an Apple store. Yeah, but, but I spent the, $25,000, I think it was. It's always it's always electronics. Because <laughs> the, then they could resell them. And make uh, you know thousands of dollars in some cases by, by yeah. going on the internet, but going to eBay, the real eBay. You're just not convinced from this story that the Employment Development Department has really done anything. Should this ever no. happen again? It doesn't really seem to be the case. Uh, they'll tell you they will. And of course, the other side well, of this story, which is covered, is all the people that had legitimate claims who were denied. And mm -hmm. couldn't get their money. Right. It says here in the story that actually the fraudsters had an easier time to get applications in than the people had legitimate right. claims. Well, to me, this is grounds to recall a governor, right? But nobody did. When, yeah, when, you're, when you're so incompetent that you blow $30 billion of tax money and the people who had a legitimate claim to EDD money didn't get it, then you should be removed from power and you should be forced to take all your bureaucrats with you, right? Julie Sue should be gone. She shouldn't be the labor secretary in Washington. But of course, she got a promotion. And Newsom is going for a promotion. He's running for president. So I, they're never going to, they, they'll never fix this. If we had a similar situation happen tomorrow, this, another 30 billion would go out the door. They're, they wouldn't have fixed a thing. Wow. Yeah, one of the longtime EDD employees said in here, says, oh, the legislature is never interested in fraud. They were not interested in doing anything about it. We couldn't get them to uh, invest any money in anti-fraud systems. They didn't care. No, because they never get punished for it. And I know that from, like, the only guy we get on the air is Jim Patterson. Remember him? The yeah, assemblyman? He one, was really into this story, but I wouldn't guy. say there was a lot of legislators in Sacramento behind him going, yeah, no, got to do something. Because, and because, a couple of DAs got involved in this story. Because the Senate is, what, 72 to 8 Democratic or something like that? Yeah. So what are they suffering from? Nothing. Legislature's <laughs> over two-thirds Democratic. Newsom is uh, one easily. Plus, it's just tax money. We'll just get some more, right? Yeah, oh, right, yeah, well, so a few fraudsters well, got through, but well, we have to help the people. Because Biden was sending uh, you know, billions of dollars to California, and that money was just printed up out of nothing. So it doesn't matter. It's fake money, and the fake money gets spread around, and uh, that leads to inflation. But, hey, you know, I think, I think Biden, is, uh, Biden is getting bit now by the inflation that he started. All right, we'll be right back. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. Deborah Mark live in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. 
Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.